Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham. Joining me this evening, uh, we have Jay, Mr. Perfect Cross. Great, thanks. So Mark, I can... Kane and The Undertaker Packham. Yeah, <laughs> Brothers of Destruction. Um, we just watched a bit of SummerSlam. I mean, like 20 seconds. You had absolutely no idea who anyone was. No, I didn't. Uh, I heard JR... You did not hear JR. Oh, did he's I? Not, he's not did with I the hear company. Jerry the King Lawler. You did hear Jerry okay. the King Lawler. Right. Okay. Um, JR's podcast good to listen. Yeah, to. Yeah, you said I've been meaning to listen to that. He talks about uh, using Uber a lot, who I assume are a sponsor <laughs> of the podcast. I've never used Uber. Have you ever used no. Uber? Just okay, taxi. It's close. I, I mean, I'll just walk. Yeah, I'll just but... walk. <laughs> Brighton literally takes fifteen minutes to walk across. So. Anywhere, anywhere that you want to be is. At, li- at, at the most half an hour walk from anywhere else that you want to be except for Whitehawk Football Club which, which is a, probably seems takes about like an hour. it takes a whole day to get there oh it only takes an hour uh, maybe it's just Jim Hayes tiny, tiny little legs yeah, my tiny little <laughs> legs take so long to get there how's it going? yeah good good just, just a toozy this evening yeah Joe Branton is recovering from what I assume is a massive hangover from Arc Tangent Festival. I did speak to him on the phone today. Um, he was alive. Okay, um, good start. And sounded sounded relatively chirpy. Um, I assume relatively chirpy. And I, I've been texting Matt Knight. Um, Matt's not off to America yet. He's, he is off to America tomorrow. He's going to Nashville. He is. He's like, he can't... I don't have that one up on him anymore. Is he doing some secret special people work? I don't think it's secret. He's, he's going to... Um, Maybe it's secret. I don't know. He's going to Nashville. <laughs> okay. I think he's talked about it on here. But um, right, Okay, yeah. He's going to Nashville. Um, maybe he'll go to the Gibson factory while he's there. Did you know the Gibson factory is in Nashville? Is it? Yeah. Do you know anyone who's been? I know a couple of people. Right, there. okay. Sweet. Um, but he did tell me that... Um, well, actually, uh, he didn't, but um, some someone else who we're friends with is going as well. And uh, they are, they're flying from Heathrow tomorrow morning. Um, and they're flying when I went before I went Heathrow to Atlanta and then Atlanta to Nashville okay. which was easy they're going Heathrow to Chicago okay. and then down to Nashville which just seems like a bit of a I think it's a bit longer well Chicago's sort of in the centre isn't it and so is Nashville yeah I suppose yeah it probably I mean it's I think it would take a little bit longer but it's um, it's it's great Nashville is a very very cool town I mean I was hung over for most of the time that I was there but from what I remember it was it was very very cool um like it was it was exactly as you expect it to be you know I mean the the bars didn't quite just have like saloon doors with like people in cowboy hats walking out of them but like it really wasn't that far off um it was it was a very very cool place to be very very cool 
I'm jealous. Yeah. I'm going to be in Germany next week, but that's not that, not as glamorous. Where are you going in Germany? Going to Berlin. Are you? I'm going to IFA, which is the uh, a consumer electronics show. Cool. Yeah. Going to see some... I'm going to be hanging out in the iZone. The iZone. How long are you there for? Two days. Berlin's really cool. Yeah. Have you been before? Yeah. I've been six times. Six times? Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, you've toured a lot of new. Um, my favourite thing that I saw in Berlin was um, the Soviet... Berlin Wall. Uh, no, the okay. Soviet Memorial. Okay. Um, it was really, really cool. It was really imposing. I went on a day when it was, um, it was really, um, it was really cold and snowy and bleak, and there's just um, this Soviet statue of a of a Soviet soldier stamping on a um, swastika. Okay. Like, it's it's like and just the, the time and the place that I was there when it was it was it was February and it was it, it was there was so much snow and it, we were the only people in this park. Was that it had like the huge memorial on and it was it was just it was so bleak. Was it like the statue level from Goldeneye? Um it was yeah it was quite like that actually. <laughs> yeah 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 we had to shoot Robbie Coltrane. And that's what I was trying to think of his name. You go and meet him <laughs> and Cracker, you go and you go and meet Cracker in a port cabin. Oh man, just walking around for ages looking for Cracker. That's so boring. That's the worst bit of that game. That's definitely. I'd totally forgotten about that level. Really, that's that's really really bad. But because um, it's N sixty four, the draw distance is really short. So it's just yeah, it's foggy because it's night. <laughs> so uh, um, that's one of the ones that's really good to watch uh, a speed run of though. What just Goldeneye? Just n- well, I just, just that level because like people just go there it is whereas for everyone else it's like I'll just have a look in this one I seem to remember you bump into um, Cracker and that like triggers the thing and then you can just run off again oh okay trying to get to like double O agent level is that the top one I think it is yeah I think so yeah you can like is it to get to the time limit maybe you have to yeah I think it's double O agent is your top one right Um, yeah you like just basically hit him that triggers the thing and then you just run and then off. you can go don't listen, you don't to, have to, listen to what he's saying no. it, I, I seem to remember it being really boring oh man Goldeneye's the best film and one of the best games is it the best film it's best Bond film Sean Bean Sean Bean exactly um, we haven't talked about any guitar stuff what have you done with guitar stuff this week um, i tell you what I did do uh, that I've not done for ages um, was I plugged in a um, Delta Blues 115 okay that amp is so good. Okay. That amp is so, so good. Wait, a PV Delta Blues PV 115? PV Delta Blues 115. Okay. So it's a 30-watt, it's a 1x15-inch combo. Yeah. Um, that um, isn't quite as clean as a Fender. I mean, it's basically meant to be like... They also do a, they do a 410, I think. No, they do a... Yeah, I think they do a 410 and a 1 by 15 So it's a very unusual... The Delta Blues is a very unusual um, line. But it's essentially like a classic 30 or a classic 50, yeah. which is the 1 by 12 or the 2 by 12 versions. Um, but I think it's voiced slightly differently, but the interface is more or less the same. And it's got a uh, it's got a tremolo circuit. And the tremolo is completely insane. Yeah, I remember the depth control, if you ramp it right up, you get some pretty bizarre It's, it's completely, completely insane. Um, and the drive sounds amazing, um, but yeah, it's it's only thirty watts, but it is unbelievably loud. One by fifteen is the most underrated speaker configuration for a guitar. I think it's incredible. Yep, I think it's absolutely incredible. Um, I'd really like. I think maybe getting like I don't know how you get it to what what it would run at, but imagine having like a four fifteen. I have done that once on guitar so Fender released a cab once that was four 15 inch speakers yeah that pointed inwards inwards yeah um, yeah it was pretty rubbish sounding oh. but <laughs> maybe that's because the cab was particularly bad I think it was from a I think they're like 80s those cabs like I seem to remember them having the same characteristics as like the Red Knob Twin I didn't okay so the Red Knob Twin yeah. is one of those things that you either seem to really, really like or really, really dislike. Mm-hmm. I've got a couple of friends with Red Knob Twins, and any time I've played them, I thought they sounded absolutely pony. Okay. And anyone else I've spoken to who owns one is like, this is the best amp of all time. They are definitely wrong. Yeah, I, I think they're rubbish. Yeah, they're not very good. 
I don't, and I don't really understand why. I'd rather have a 90s twin over that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I had a 70s twin and it was great, but it was well heavy. I mean, obviously. Yeah, um, yeah the Redknob twins, like, I just don't get it. They, they do get a lot of love. Like, you see it on the internet a lot, like, people, oh, God, it's an amazing Redknob twin. I just don't get it. They no. sound thin. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I don't know. But maybe we're just getting the wrong sound of that outfit. Like, you know how we rave about the hot or deluxe? I mean, the what, drive channel the, is pretty bad. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not great. It's, so it's, it's okay. Maybe we're just trying to get the wrong thing out for Red Knob. What should we be getting out of it then? I don't know. One of my friends Clean? runs runs a uh, his piano through it. What? He's got a Nord stage piano. That made you had to think about that. I did a lot, have to think you? about it. Yeah. I think it's a Nord stage piano and I think he runs it through that okay um sounds good yeah I mean they're a big box they're yeah a big heavy box so yeah I mean it's not the ideal amp for that I guess but if you want a bit of grind and a bit more mid-range than you'd normally get I mean I feel for those speakers a lot you do what I feel oh, for those for speakers them. right for them right okay um, yeah, they must be working really, really hard. That's good though. You want you want to sweat sweat your assets. I don't know what that means. Sweating your assets. It's just when you like really make stuff work for you. Okay. Make make like let everything else do the work for you. Like how I'm manager of the shop and I never make a cup of coffee. Okay. I'm sweating my assets. Okay. Just get your minions to do your bidding. I'm not sure that that's exactly what that saying means, but. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what else have you been up to, apart from plugging in P... What's, what's the deal with PV at the moment in the UK? Oh, okay. That's so, actually a really good segue. Um, the, what, in that I asked you a question? Um, well, yes, and they're back, kind of. Okay. Um, because um, the, um, the mini heads are available now. Yes. The classic mini yep. and the 6505 mini. Okay, so for those not in the know, PV UK used to be a big... <clears throat> PV Europe were the now I don't really know the internet I can't remember the, the they um, were basically the European distribution arm of PV of PV and they kind of went bust or well, at least I think that it was they got more, dissolved yeah it's more of a decision of PV saying like okay I, we don't want to do distribution anymore let's let someone else yeah. do it um, we'll deal with the US and we'll do someone else can deal with Europe which is the kind of the opposite to how a lot of these companies have gone like Gibson yeah decided to distribute themselves Fender decided to distribute themselves uh, PRS have just started distributing themselves yep. I think Orange have always maybe or at least they, they uh, do now I, um, oh yeah I don't know I don't know but um, but yeah they've. I, I, and I think it's good because I think it's good for PV because like I, I don't think they had quite the um, administrative infrastructure in place Thing is, with a company like that, they do a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, well, which is exactly my point. You know, they split it up. They even do drum kits. Yes. And to be honest, I think a lot of their revenue comes from praise and worship in the States. Like, right. I think a, like a huge percentage of their revenue like church comes PAs. from church PAs. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I guess it kind of makes sense that like if they want to focus on guitar stuff or something just let someone else do it yeah and like those amps are absolutely banging like yeah. apart from anything you know what a great idea yep they you know the 6505 is the archetypal um modern metal amp yep and the pv classic should be a lot more popular than it is yeah and i think part of the reason that it's not is that they've just never really been available because the distribution wasn't great. Yeah, yeah. You, you know? kind of see one at a time. Yeah. Like you see one in a shop and go... See, I've cool. always really liked those amps and if ever the opportunity was there, I would always have made sure that we had a Classic 30, a Classic 50, a Delta Blues 115 and a Delta Blues 410, but they were just... We never had them all at the same time. One of the first ever Valve amps I ever played was a Delta Blues 410. Really? Yeah. And it... I can kind of sort of just remember how it sounded. Like, they're so different to almost anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Yeah. And also, actually, I remember the first time I plugged in a 5150. Yeah. And it was like in a band practice when I kind of didn't know what they were. And we plugged it in and went, where's the clean channel? <laughs> Turns out there isn't really one. Um, yeah, they like you see them a lot in practice rooms and not so much now because... I guess people want a bit more variety. Yeah. Like, want amps that can do a few different things. They just, they, you know, if what you want is that sound, there's, the, I just, I really struggle to think that of anything else that comes close, um, except maybe a EVH 5150. <laughs> 6505. No, the PV one is now the 6505. The PV is the 6505. The EVH is the 5150, I think. No, I think it's the other Is it way the around. The other way around. Yeah. Okay. I can tell it's been a long day. It's been a it's been a very long day. Yeah. So one anyway. of those ones that's made up of numbers. Yeah. They sound similar. I'm sure the PV's a 65. I'm gonna look it up. You look it up. Um. So, but the anyway, they've just done the the minis have just come out, and um, and they're absolutely brilliant. Sorry, I've just so I've just left it on my iPad and this isn't completely related to what we're talking about, but it is very cool. And is it's it something... the Van Halen Wikipedia page? No, it's not. It's last night I um I don't do I wanna know? Yeah, you do. Right, okay. I think you really do actually. Last night I fell asleep listening to Jeff Bridges' new record. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Bridges has done a record called Sleeping Tapes. Okay. Which is him like talking at you and making sound and like doing soundscapes and stuff and it's completely with his mouth and it's no (laughs) it's completely binaural so like it's you know some you put the headphones on and sometimes the sounds are on one side and they travel through to the other side okay but um and he's just like talking at you and stuff it's absolutely bonkers what are you listening to it in it's just like on the website it's okay. just like there's just a, a player built into the website is it what's this website Something the website like- is dreamingwithjeff.com <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> so um it's absolutely brilliant jeff bridges i think might be my favorite celebrity he's very good um he's yeah he's very very cool um anyway pv mini <laughs> PV Mini 6505. So the PV is the, the 60, PV is 6505. Of course, and because the, he owns the rights to 5150. Right, okay, so there you go. So the PV is the 6505 and the, uh, the EVH is the 5150. Um, but um, Jeff Bridges is the bomb. He's the 111. He's number one. <laughs> He's the 6666. Yes. Um, so any other anything else that you've been doing this week that you want to talk about? Um, I don't think so. Um, no, I can't think of anything. What okay. about you? Um, what have I been doing? Nothing guitar related, actually. Like, um, like I say, I'm just preparing to go to Germany and stuff. Um, I'm quite looking forward to seeing, like, if there's anything guitar related at IFA or like music related, because a lot of it is going to be like phone stuff. Yeah. Um, like I say, I'm in the eye zone. Um, so that, I assume, is kind of phone uh, and like personal audio and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but it's not beyond the realms of possibility that there will be guitar stuff there. Maybe there'll be like a new, um, like, sort of guitar interface type thing. Could be. I wouldn't be surprised if Gibson are there because they're at CES every year and this is the kind of European okay. CES. What about Marshall with the London? That will probably be there, I'd imagine. That'd um, be cool. You so I'll some, see if I can go and scope the the London. <laughs> um, yeah, that's about as close as I've got. I've been playing some guitar this week. Like I just literally come home every night and play guitar now, yeah. um, which is something I never did when I was playing guitar all day. Um, yeah, I'm just still digging the flint. Yeah. Also, I sold a load of pedals, actually. That's the closest... I've come to guitar news this week. Um, the Univibe is gone. The uh, Little Big Muff, Nano Big Muff is gone. Yeah. Uh, and the Mod Factory is also gone. Right. Um, bit of a clear out. Maybe I'm thinking I've got a, bit of a, got a bit of a lead on a cheap deco. Oh, so, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think maybe. Not by the time we next talk, yeah. but uh, maybe in a few weeks. I am... Um I have sort of reinvigorated my um, interest in a T-Rex tape replicator 
Oh, with the cassettes. Mm. Haven't you got a two tape? Got two tape echoes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and one that is like a brilliant preamp copy. No, no, no. Oh, I'm and just the, thinking of the and, RE20. Yeah, and the, and the RE20 as well. RE20, yeah. sorry. So I've got two actual tape echoes and one pretend tape echo. Probably get another tape echo, I reckon. Yeah, but the T Rex one looks amazing. I'm also I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna try and uh I'm gonna try and have a look at uh the full tone one as well. Okay. At some point over the next couple of okay. weeks. I'm I'm off next week. I've got next week off. Um other than my girlfriend moving in. Um Ooh. I am just gonna spend loads of time uh not talking to her and playing guitar. Sweet, good. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to England. <laughs> um should we do some news? Yes. Nudes. Very good. I was hoping that I wasn't going to have to prompt you. Um, so Jim Dunlop officially announced the ISO brick this week. No, he didn't. It, not him, but no, he didn't. The MXR announced the ISO brick like six months. No, in and Nam. The official announcement of the ISO brick uh, only came out a couple of days ago. It was they announced it like. In January. But you haven't seen one yet, have you? I've not actually held one in my hands. There we go. No. Exactly. So I, I assume it means that they are close to existing. I think, I think there's, from what I understand, there's still a couple of months. Well, I don't know. End of September was what I'd heard. Okay. Um, I, I tell you, I am, I'm, I'm very, I'm far too excited for this. I'm a lot more excited than I should be considering it's, a power supply. Yeah. So um, for people that don't know, we talked about the ISO brick a we bit. Have. Yes. What is the ISO brick? So the ISO brick is the natural pro- um, pr- uh, successor to the um, uh, the MXR DC brick, um, which in itself was a successor to the Dunlop DC brick. And they tweaked it slightly um, when they made it the MXR, when they put it under the MXR branding. But the um, the Dunlop, <clears throat> sorry, the MXR ISO brick, it, it basically addresses all of the um, the issues that people have with the um, the DC brick. The first one being that not, the outputs aren't isolated. Yep. Um, and in this, they are isolated. You've also um, it also addresses the issue that you can't run any Strymon pedals uh, or anything super high powered, anything even tied, anything like that, off of the um, off of the DC brick. Um, because there's not enough current draw from uh, from the outputs, um, and this addresses that as well. And um, it it just seems to be a much much stronger design, and it's a lot cheaper than the um, the sort of the Voodoo Labs equivalent. Yep. I think so. The Voodoo Labs equivalent kind of is the um, uh, the Pedal Power Two, um, which gives you six outputs, I think, or maybe eight outputs i think maybe it's eight six or eight i can't remember um and is 150 some quid wow that's big yeah and the the dc the um iso brick uh if i remember correctly you've got eight nine volt outputs and two 18 volt outputs um and two of the uh nine volt outputs can be used to run uh, to uh that will draw current from like that will power anything that draws up to like 300 milliamps. So it will power um, uh, strumming pedals. It will power like the even tight space. <clears throat> um, and um, then there will, you know, it, it sort of drops down from there. And then the last, the last few will, will do all of your, um, you know, just sort of drive effects or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's smaller. Um, it's, it's kind of the size of two DC bricks pot on top of each other yeah um so it's quite chunky but it's the the footprint is very small okay will um, it, will i'm pretty sure it'll still fit underneath okay uh any of the uh t-rex board um the t-rex well t-rex or the um uh pedal train boards um and it's you know again it's 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 made by mxr it's never gonna break um and it costs about a hundred i think they're a hundred and ten pounds okay um which isn't that much more than the DC brick, because they were what, like eighty nine or something or seventy nine. No, the well the Dunlop ones were that when it was under the Dunlop branding they were I think eighty nine quid, and then mm-hmm. when they went to when it became the MXR DC brick and they they kind of changed a few things. Um, they didn't is- put they didn't isolate the outputs, but with the MXR one um, there were nine nine volts and two. 
uh, 18 volts as opposed to for some reason on the old Dunlop one there was three 18 volt outputs and eight 9 volt outputs which is weird because I don't think I, I don't think Dunlop even do three 18 volt pedals um, the bass the, blowtorch the slash wire is 18 volts um, and I think possibly the 10 band EQ actually no I don't think the 10 band EQ is either uh, one of the Zach Wilds <clears throat> pedals uh, maybe the Zach Wild Drive is 18 volts. Actually, I don't think it is. The Wild might be. Or the, is it the Dimebag Drive? I'm sure there's a couple. Right. But, you know, either So way. that's your that's your pedal board. So you get the yeah. um, <laughs> three 18 volt outputs. No, you, not anymore because that pedal, is, you, get, you can't buy that power well, supply anymore. eBay. Right, um, yeah. Go on there. You get a uh, Dimebag Distortion. Yes. Uh, bass Blowtorch. Yes. And the Slash Wild. <laughs> Job done. Dan, that should all fit on a uh, pedal train nano. Man, what a board that would be. <laughs> that bass blowtorch was the most ridiculous pedal. Do they still make it? I've got no idea. I'm, uh, I, I assume so. Yeah, probably. Probably. It looks like something off the set of Robot Wars. Like it sort of um, had hazard tape the, across it. Which was the one... Was it Ra- Razor? Is that... No. Uh, that was a... Not one of the... Not one of the... That was like a contender rather than the one, one. That, and that one like won like a bunch of years. No, it, in a, it didn't want it. Didn't which win was a lot. the one? That, it looked like a scorpion. Yeah, that one. Is that it didn't win, it, had, it won like it won like a it won like two or three years in a row. I think that was the one that like should have won and never did. Uh, I'm not sure about that. Matilda, right? Sir Kill a lot. Dis there was discus something. Sergeant Bash. I don't know how I remember Craig this. I'm, I promise I'm not looking this up. Cr- Jeremy Clarkson as well presented it for a bit. Did he? Yeah. Wow. Philippa Forrester. I, I'm not. Where does this? <laughs> where does this knowledge come from? Source Audio have announced uh, some new pedals: Gemini Chorus, <clears throat> the Lunar Phaser, and the Mercury Flanger. Um, Source Audio are a bit of a weird company in that yeah. they do some really weird stuff. Yes. To be honest, I've not a chance to really look at what these are. They seem to be a bit more kind of stripped back. They're not the crazy designs of their um, of their recent pedals. Um, they just look like a normal sort of box. They look um, like the way huge stuff. Right, yeah. Um, kind of big box controls didn't seem to be too out there i need to do a bit more digging of, of what they actually do um but yeah source audio stuff were just worth a mention and certainly worth a look up because the stuff they've done in the past has been a bit bizarre for most people i would say like <coughs> did you have you ever tried much source stuff um yeah i tried the um i've tried a couple of their like expression units um yeah. because they're all with the funk thumb or whatever it's called um, no, I've not tried anything with the... I can't remember what that's called either. Yeah. Um, Finger flapper. Yeah, I think that might be... Yeah. I think that might be it. Cool. Um, the um, Marketing. F2. Yeah. Um, I've tried, yeah, a couple of their expression units and like wah type things are bonkers. You can yeah. you can do lots of... Lots and lots of um, uh, like programming with them and stuff stuff that to be honest with you I have absolutely no idea about no we really miss Matt on this podcast when it comes to anything more than RE20s yeah, you just, sort of, just stamp on it and yeah. it makes a noise just turn it on yeah and that um, so <coughs> I'm curious to try those I'm curious to see what they can do in it because they're quite bog standard pedals I guess chorus phaser and phaser and flanger yeah. even I bet um, they're 18 volt I don't think the other ones were I think they were pretty standard, were but just in terms of their design was bonkers. Yeah. Really, really weird. So, uh, yeah, interesting to see what they do when they try something a bit more kind of normal, I guess. Um, PRS have announced two new SE models, the Custom 22 and the Custom 22 Semi-Hollow. Now, I know where... Uh- As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. 
LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the super light collection. The lightest ever shoes from Allbirds. Now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Uh, you work, have started doing a bit more PRS. Mm-hmm. How's that going? Give us a rundown on the current state of PRS guitars. Um, very good. Okay. It's it's very good. Um, I'm still all about the 245s, which I realise puts me way back in 2009. Yeah. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Or just you like Les Pauls. <coughs> I mean... Which they definitely do not look like. No, they don't. According they, to a court of law. Yes. No, no, no. They don't look like Les Pauls. It's a complete coincidence. Um, the I really like the 245s. Um, I really like the semi-hollows. Um, I think they are very, very cool. Um... I, 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 to be honest with you, I don't know a huge amount about PRS. Um, I, I like the look of them, um, and whenever I've picked one up, I like the sound of it. Um, but I've just, I've just not spent a huge amount of time with them. What's the name of the new offset that they're doing? Um, I knew you were going to ask me that, and I can't remember. Okay. Um, they look. Oh, oops. They look very, very good indeed. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not the Starler. That was the one with the Bigsby. Yeah. Um, and it's not the mirror. It's not the mirror. Because they're also big. Oh, man. I saw... Uh, I was just browsing through eBay the other day, and I saw a, uh, like, baby blue mirror with two P90s. That's cool. That's For me, that's, like... It's probably the only PRS I'd really play, because I'm not hugely into uh, the custom series. To be honest, I'm not even a huge fan of the 245s, but the mirrors look incredible. Yeah. Um... And they're sort of affordable as well. Yeah, they're not. They're not. Um, I mean, the, the, oh, this, they're not. Um, I, 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 who was I was talking to somebody today about? Um, what did I pick up? I picked up there was a there was an Ibanez that I picked up, one of the um, the AR series, that was a Korean built guitar. And I started I, the the chap I was talking to, a friend of mine, was like, "Oh no, I'm not really into Far Eastern built guitars." And I was like, "Korean guitars are like, I think." creeping towards being on a par with some of the Mexican stuff. Vela. Vela is exactly the thing that I was thinking of. <clears throat> um, Korean guitars are very, very good um, in general. You know, the, all the Gretches, the Electromatics are Korean. Um, a lot, they, you know, there's some stuff that some of the Ibanez stuff is. Um, those, a lot of those PRSs are Korean. Um, there's some great guitars that come out of Korea. Yeah. Really, really great guitars. Yeah. and it, It's weird because the... Uh, SEs have kind of always been good like mm. even the first Santana models they did which were the non Santana model uh, yeah. if that makes sense um, were amazing and I kind of like to get one of those yeah Santana yellow no 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 so those are the Santana yellows the ones that come in Santana yellows are based on the actual Santana model right which I think 
is referred to as the SE Santana 3. Okay. But the first one they did was just a kind of generic guitar. They were just testing the water with Korean production. Um, those are incredible. They're just like a flat top Les Paul Jr. almost with two humbuckers. Right, well. Um, they were kind of all the rage in about 2002 when loads of people wanted PRS for like new metal and stuff and yeah. couldn't afford them. So yeah, PRS kind of jumped in the water of Korean stuff and those are very, very good guitars. I came to... Um, this is going to make me sound like a real... Um, I don't know. Go on. A, a real I, I can make some. <laughs> Go on. I guess. Um, but, um, I, like, I didn't really get into guitar, really, until I started working into a guitar in a, in a guitar shop. And so when I started working in a guitar shop and everyone was like, oh, yeah, Santana, man. I was like, my only real experience of Santana was, was that, that song with Rob Matchbox Thomas. 20. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like... I don't really get it. Like, why does everyone want to sound like Matchbox 20? Because he's so smooth. It's just like the ocean. Y- yeah. Under, uh, the under the room? Moon. But it's... The yeah, that. Um, yeah, that's probably not his best work. Good song, though. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, last bit of news for this week. Um, <clears throat> Electromonics have announced, or teased, I should say, yeah. a brand new pedal. The Key 9. Oh, all right. Sorry. I'll read the news. Sorry. What's this pedal called, Mark? The Key 9. Key Lime Pie. Key, the Key Lime Piano Machine. Yeah. It's the Electromonics Key 9 Piano Machine. Oh, p- yes. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for this. Okay. Um, I think that um, I'm going to have absolutely no idea how to make a sound out of it because if it's anything like the organ pedals, um, you're going to have to play your guitar as though you're playing a keyboard, a, uh, like an organ. Yeah. And so, because I think on the Key 9, there's like a Fender Rhodes. It's electric pianos, basically. Right, okay. I've not, had a chance, I've not had a chance to have a look okay. at it. But There's not much I, info, to be honest. There's right, okay. a picture where you can just about make out what the sounds are going to be. So what, there's going to be a Rhodes, probably a, like a Wurlitzer. Exactly. Um, and some uh, other electric some, pianos some that neither you I nor I know <laughs> what they are. Um, a Casio something, I don't know. Yeah, Casio tone. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be like a 90s synth band. Cool. Um, so I assume that when you play you're going to have to play like you're playing you know do you know what I mean like staccato type yeah. notes yeah as opposed to just strumming E yeah which is what I can do if you watch like the best demo videos of the existing uh, B9 and C9 are people who are not really playing like rhythm guitar right it doesn't really work like that but they're also <laughs> not playing like guitar solos because again that just sounds a bit weird yeah so it's more people who are doing like stabs and you get that like um, quite aggressive sort of organ playing yeah well a friend of mine when the B9 first came out a friend of mine who plays in a um, in a like a like a doom like a really heavy doom metal band he um, he tried one and I, I I plugged him into it with a with a big muff in front of it <laughs> and um, it's it sound- a big muff after it uh, I think he went in first, actually. Well, that's probably why it sounded bad. It sounded like the Phantom of the Opera. It sounded <laughs> it sounded terrifying. Yeah, I bet. It sounded incredible. I would put the Big Muff afterwards. But surely... But it's like the... It's like a modulation... Like, the B9 is kind of like a modulation pedal. No, it's doing synth stuff. It's like a... It's almost doing, um, like, a pog. So you I suppose, want yeah, tracking. I suppose if you were playing a synth, you'd put that before Into, exactly. the drive I suppose you, so you yeah. want the tone generation to be as clean as yeah, possible yeah I suppose so yeah I mean it probably sounds bonkers it sounded it sounded like really scary what you're yeah. playing it sounded wicked I bet really really good so if you're if, that, if, if you do a lot of that if you do a lot of like you know sort of doomy like heavy stuff um then I think they sound great. I think, you know, really, like a really cool way to add some like sort of dark texture. To I'm not sound. sure that's so applicable with something like the Fender Rhodes. Probably not. No, I was sort of tan- tangenting. You can probably play the Twin Peaks theme tune though. Is that the Rhodes? It is. Is it? Yeah. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. There's a great clip of... Um, Badalamente. Angelo Badalamente uh, playing it 
in his house. On uh, well, I, I think I've seen that. Is that him when he's talking? Uh, he's talking about how when him and David Lynch sat down to write the theme, yeah. and he's like, "So what I'm thinking is like it'll start like this." And then, like, maybe we'll want to build it up a little bit. And so we'll go a bit like this. And then, like, we'll sort of crescendo with this. And David Lynch is like, that's, ex- I don't, that's it. And he's like, yeah. no, 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 I'll, like, I'll figure it out. Like, I'll do a bit more. And he's like, no, that's exactly what, yeah. don't change anything. He's so good. So good. Bad Lamente. Bad element. Good Lamente. Good Lamente. Um, speaking of Twin Peaks, and this is sort of only applicable to you and me. Okay. Um, maybe good. A couple cl- of, maybe maybe, to- <laughs> maybe some other people if they're listening to the podcast and they live in this part of town, um, this part of the country. Um, there's. Do you know that band Zhao Zhao? You heard of them? No. Uh, there's this band called Zhao Zhao, um, which is X I U X I U, and they are doing a tour. Uh, in October, I think it is, um, okay. where they're playing the Twin Peaks theme. What? Just not just they're playing the soundtrack <laughs> to Twin Peaks. Okay, fine. They're not just playing that. Okay, over and over. But they do, they're doing yeah, they're doing the whole uh, the whole soundtrack. There's um, a really good band uh, called Silencio who I really like. Um, who had an album called Music Inspired by David Lynch and Angelo Badalamenti. I think okay. it's called. Um, they're definitely worth checking out. Again, they can do like. A range of styles they yeah. do like the doomy dreamy stuff yeah. right through to the weird like almost rock and roll stuff that's on the Twin yeah, Peaks yeah. soundtrack um, they're definitely worth checking out all that's original cool. music but it kind of sounds oh like okay all original okay yeah. Nice. Yeah, super good. Should we do some questions? Let's do it. Kieran says I've got a second amp what are your <clears> favourite <throat> stereo pedals? Um, I really <laughs> like this one pedal <laughs> I knew that was going to be the answer. Why did I ask? I've got this uh, this this really cool pedal. Um, it's made by this company called Boss. Never heard of them. Have you not? No. They do some really good stuff. Tell me a bit about the sort of things that they do. They do this tuner that's really good. Okay. Um, called the T3. That's not stereo. No, I know, but I was, just, I was just sort of contextualising the company. Okay, good, good. Um, the RE20 is the single best stereo pedal of all time because it is the single best pedal of all time. Um, yeah, I really like that. Um, all the Strymon stuff, of course, um, is pretty much all stereo. I think is all stereo. No, I don't um, think it is. I don't think the Flint is. Um, I think you're wrong, actually. I think it can be. Okay. Um, if I, well, it's, it's stereo out, I think at least. Down here. I'm looking. It's definitely stereo out. And, okay. Um, the other, because um, you've also got you've got mono in and expression in, but I believe you can change that okay. so that it's so that it's stereo in rather than uh, cool rather than expression. I in. did not know that. I've not yet. I'm pretty sure Matty said that um, okay. a little while ago. I've not yet read the manual, so. Um, there's still all I that hope, other stuff. Hope he's not listening. There's still all that other stuff that you listening. can do with the flint that I've not yet yeah. explored. Um, and I believe one of the things I'm not hundred percent sure, but I believe one of the things is that you can actually change that expression out into a stereo in. Okay. Um, uh, I tell you another thing that I really like the stereo is the MXR stereo chorus. Um, yeah. Which is twenty four volt. Um, okay. If you if we're if we're going down that route, is it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's um. Why? It, yeah, it's, it, you just get so much headroom. It right. sounds so clear. Okay. Um, I believe you can actually run it with a 9-volt power supply. Um, I think it's 9 to... Uh, or maybe it's just 18. Anyway, it's very... It's like high voltage. Okay. And um, it sounds it sounds so good, so lush. Like, real watery. Okay. Um, and yeah, I, I really, really like that. Um, I think, like, most modulation pedals... Maybe... maybe Matt's rolling his eyes at me when I'm saying this, but I think most modulation pedals that are sort of worth their salt are probably stereo. Yeah. Um, like even you know you don't even have to spend big money. Like uh, m- most of the um, TC stuff. Yeah. You know, like the flashback and the Hall was, of Fame. I was going to suggest, yeah, Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, flashback. I really, really like the uh, alter, alter ego. ego. Delay. I, think I think the alter ego is a great pedal. Yeah. Um, I was also going to do a quick shout out for Branton's new favourite, the Boss Slicer, which yep. is not only stereo, it is um, virtual 3D. Is it? Oh, yeah. If you connect it up in stereo, it uses um, a some time-based trickery to bounce sounds like behind your head, essentially. Right, okay. So uh, it will 
bounce sounds left and right. Yeah. But again, through like surround sound trickery and using like um, like out of phase. Yeah, I sounds. don't really understand how I that stuff really get, works, no. but. Uh, Roland developed a thing for their VS series of uh, hard disk recorders. Right. Um, do you remember them? Like uh, VS2480 and stuff like that. They were like a all-in-one mixer and hard disk recorder. Uh-huh. Um, they had that in there. If you connect it up to a pair, just a pair of monitors, Yeah. they had a way of using some time-based stuff. I do to- actually remember when... I first started working in this shop. Uh, we had our um, boss stuff hooked up to two monitors, and I do actually remember the slicer. Um, yeah, the yeah. slicer showing off that feature. Yeah. Uh, now you say that, I actually I went and saw Branson's band last week. God, why? Um, I I sort of felt bad that I've not seen him in a couple of years, <laughs> um, and I sort of had told him I wasn't doing anything and would go. Um, and that's the I, mistake. Always busy and or ill. I know. I I didn't understand what was going on at any time. At any point, <laughs> I didn't understand. Um, my favorite bit was when he um, he was like hitting the strings so hard, and obviously because he didn't use a plectrum, he was like clawing at them. And yeah. At one point, he was clawing the strings so hard that he actually pulled the E string out of the nut. Right. Um, that was very fun to watch. Yeah, I bet. Um. And they don't like they don't use microphones, so he just in between the songs he just had to yell at people just to say thank you and stuff. I mean, I'd just probably have a mic there. Just get know, a little just, mic. Yeah. I'd love to see him with a little Britney mic. Um, I think that's a terrible idea. That'd be great. <laughs> That'd be so good. Because I can just imagine him just being like, just like he'll be playing every now and again. He'd just be like, yeah. Just oh, congratulating yeah, himself on a good on a good bit and, uh, and a good bit like, of eight fourteen you or whatever just hear time that going on or whatever and it's just a, but they were actually they were actually very very good like the pedal board looked very very cool um, <laughs> I love that's the bit that you pick out they were good the pedal board was amazing he came up to me afterwards and he was like oh yeah thanks for coming down like were you into it at all and I was like yeah man like that the, that chorus you played on that like first they there's no choruses no there's, there's no choruses there's no anything no it was they, they're actually they were a very good band just I mean I just thought they were rubbish I've seen them once they were, I thought they were alright no no they are they are good it's just I, I just like just don't like to tell Brandon I just hope he's listening to this he won't be listening to this he doesn't listen to the ones that he's not on narcissist no. doesn't care Gavin says um, favourite bands that recorded one album of meteoric measure and then for some reason split never to do anything with that line up again one album wonders I was thinking about this and I'm pretty sure that you and me are probably both going to say the same thing no I have no idea what you are going to say I was going to say Operation Ivy Operation Ivy okay yeah big shout um, didn't even think about that I, I mean the record that went on to define pretty much everything that we do um, so Operation Ivy for people who don't know are a band that existed in the Bay Area of California um in uh they so they started in 87 what year did um, they end they ended in 89 okay. um and after um after doing operation ivy um tim armstrong and matt freeman uh went on to do rancid <clears throat> who um then went on to become like quite a big punk band and now tim armstrong has got um a gretch and a fender endorsement and he's got his own signature gretch he's got um, a couple of Fender acoustics, I think. Um, uh, the Hell, no, he's got, just got one. He's just got the Hellcat. There's Hellcat, and there's a Hellcat Deluxe, which I think um, is I, with a pickup. I think there might also be the, a Hellcat 12 string. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then obviously Matt Freeman has got the um, the Squire, <coughs> sorry, the Squire P bass. Um, but um, the thing that's that's very interesting about Operation Ivy is um, like they their sort of legacy, like as well as inspiring and like well leading on to Rancid, who sort of defined a generation. They um, the very last Operation Ivy show was the um, the band that opened uh, was uh, a band who were playing their first ever show called Green Day. Never heard of them. Um, and uh, and yeah, so like they they you know they they sort of started that as well which you know took punk rock into onto broadway yeah there's a um, 25 30 years later whatever. there's a great book about all of that the uh, gilman street project yeah. book is um is really fascinating from uh, just as a musician like things like that don't happen yeah it's just kind of like a wonder story about this place and like the madness and yeah. all the bands that ended up coming out of it 
um, is really interesting to read. Matt Freeman used to be the bin man. Did he? Yeah. That's yeah. how he... Because uh, he's not in Operation Ivy. Oh, he is he's in Operation Ivy. Yeah, yeah. um, he, I think, was not in one of their other projects. But he ended up... Anyway, he was the bin man. Right. Um, and he ended up in Operation Ivy and then and then mounted. Right. Okay. Uh, Right, yeah, well. it's um, it's good. I'm going to say uh, I've got two records actually. First up, the only good punk record to come out of the '70s, apart from anything by the Ramones, X-Ray Specs, Germ Free Adolescence. Right. Okay. Is so so good. So much further ahead than any other 70s punk and I know that's a controversial statement it's, I mean it's also not true at all well okay yeah alright what about uh, the Descendants the f- not 70s 79 yeah not really not with that mm. line up though not with Milo okay um, the first Stiff Little Fingers record's a good record I, I, I actually listened to that today yeah it's uh, good I listened to Inflatable Material today but they well, it's not just a one hit wonder no uh, so yeah um, Germ Free Adolescence by X-Ray Specs is great because it's Aggressive, but the songwriting's really good. Um, super, like, amazing female front woman. Yeah. Um, the saxophone playing is awesome, if a little uh, full on. But I really like that record. Big, big tunes. Um, my other one, go on. What, you look like you're desperate to say something. Well, the only good record, the only good punk record to come out of the 70s. Yeah. You are absolutely mental. The first, the self-titled Clash record. No, the self-titled Clash right. record is great. I can understand why, like, uh, and I think it's dumb that everyone's like, "Oh, London Calling's the one." Like, uh, London Calling isn't a punk record, which is like kind of where we sort of fall down on it. I think, but yeah. the first one is great. It's all right. White Riot is such a good song. It's all right. Um, it's all right. And um, also, I think also seventy nine. Um, the Germs. What we do secret. Yeah. You're mental. You're you're mental. There's there's so much good punk from the seventies. I like that first Dead Kennedys record a lot, which I think is also early uh, late seventies rather than early eighties. Yeah, maybe it's nineteen eighty. If so, I'm proven right. You're you are you are. Uh, what about um? Oh, here's one for you. And here's a great one for you. What about Death? Yeah, it's alright that record. You are. Oh, it's alright. You're bonkers. Death, it's not. It's not a band great. Called death. No. Death for all the world to see is what it's that record's called. That that record is incredible. That was what 74 73 74 I think. I'm going to get so much love in the Facebook group facebook.com forward slash guitar nerds forum what's your uh, other one then uh, my other one is um, a bit more obscure uh, Kaiser Soze Dinosaurs Believe yeah. Tattooists <laughs> which are uh, a fairly obscure um, ska band from Tokyo uh, and the record is just incredible it's so good out on a local label out on Killer Scar Records um, it is you can't you won't be able to find it online anywhere it's not on Spotify it's, it's not up on Bandcamp there's probably bits of it on YouTube the, I don't think there is I don't think there is that record was, I think I've got like five copies at home yeah. in my parents house because um, I was distroing it for a while yeah that record is so good yeah and they they did an EP after that and they maybe done a couple of seven they did a they did a split with the proper Gumbies yep um, and they did, did a split, a with, split slow with slow gherking as well yeah um, and I think that might be it so uh, if you can find that anywhere and I'd highly advise you do Dinosaurs Believe Tattooists by Kaiser Soze Kaiser Soze spelt C-A-E-S Caesar Soze Caesar yeah Caesar Soze yeah like Caesar Salad like Caesar Salad like Caesar indeed salad. let's maybe do one more question and then we'll do some more uh, in the Patreon episode so um, this one is from Paul who says I'm looking to buy a bass to do some home demoing slash noodling with I know it's heresy but based on what I want uh, I'm looking for something I'm more interested in, uh, in something I like the look of over sound and playability I'm interested in four the Fender Rascal the Squire Vintage Modified Jazz the Ibanez Black Eagle and some or some sort of Reverend bass you might be able to tell that I like the offset look I'm assuming, assuming these will all sound decent and play well anyone got strong opinions slash advice on the best option I guess I'm willing to pay up to 700 quid it would take to get the Reverend or Rascal but is it worth it over the others so Four bases there. Fender Rascal, Squire Vintage Modified Jazz, Ibanez Black Eagle, or some sort of reverend. 
Now, I've never played any of the Reverend stuff, so I, I can't really speak to those. I'm uh, the same. I understand they get very good reviews online. I quite like the quirky looks, but like I say, I've no experience myself. The other three I have played. Um, for me, it's the Rascal. Uh, I would probably go with the other two. Okay. I really like the Ibanez. Okay. I really, really like the Ibanez. I think the Ibanez is, is amazing. Um, you get some Chris Novoselic cred. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, it it sounds great. I mean, it kind of just fe- it kind of feels like a jazz bass, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then also the the Vim mod. I owned one for uh, a few years, and I really really loved it. Um, that said, um, as soon as I bought the American, um, I was like. What am I doing? Why yeah. have I been? Why haven't I had this? For, why didn't I buy this immediately? That's, That's the only thing. Well, this is one of the reasons that I recommend the Rascal is because there's no upgrade. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very true. If you buy the Rascal, actually, there is an upgrade. You could get a custom shop one. Yeah. But whether they'd actually make you one, I don't think they probably would. They now. probably would. If you ask nicely, it'd be master built. It'd be five grand. Yeah. So forget about that upgrade. But there's no obvious upgrade from that. It's a very, very good base. I think it also depends on what you want to do. Like yeah. the Rascal sounds great for, I would say, maybe some lo-fi indie stuff or like Motown. Um, bear in mind, it's a short scale than any of the others listed there. Um, so it plays very differently. I would suggest the most practical choice, I think, is the Squivin mod Jazz. In the, I think that the Ibanez is a very practical choice as well. Yeah. Playing it safe. Yeah, I mean, like the the Vim mod is wicked. You won't be disappointed with it at all. It's a it's a really really cool base. I mean, you won't be disappointed with it at that price point. No. Um, if you play an American jazz bass, then you'll be like, oh yeah, this is wicked. But the Vim mod is 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 such a, such a cool base, such a cool base. They are great. They are very 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 good. Fender's biggest selling item at one time. Yeah, because they only did it in that one finish, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, Thanks very much for sending in your questions this week. Um, If you want to send in your question, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum um we've got uh we're gonna head off and do a patreon episode now where we'll have questions from ian josh anthony and Mohammed. um if you want to contribute to our patreon campaign and get access to these patreon only uh patreon backer only episodes you can head to patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds um like these kind of people have how are we gonna do this this week oh uh, branton um wait do you want me to do something it doesn't really work is that Twin Peaks I was trying to do Twin Peaks but it didn't really work good I'm into it thanks very much to Dale Rascoe Jack Conroy Will Clare Chris Wilson Scott O'Brien Matt Quine Fletch Fletcher Phil Thompson, Moo Gravit, and Colin Anderson. Thanks very much for contributing. Uh, you are helping us buy. Uh, well, what did I buy earlier for snacks? I bought some. Uh, I haven't seen any snacks. Red Leicester and pumpkin seed bread. Can't eat that. You cannot eat. Um, the Patreon is also going to be where I chastise Mark for saying there's no good punk from the 70s and we are going to continue the discussion of one hit wonders indeed thanks for joining us this week Uh, if you want to hear more you can head over to guitarnerds.net where we've got an archive of all the episodes or you can head over to iTunes and find us on there please leave us a five star review and a nice little comment on there helps more people find out about the podcast as always head over to Facebook facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum or on twitter at guitar nerds or on youtube guitar nerds videos or you can find me on twitter at mark underscore random find j at j-a-y-b-n-1 let's go to do a patreon and then we can finish some slam eh? yeah sounds good good see you next week take care
the number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.